This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. What's up, truth seekers, and welcome again to the FBI basement. Hi, I, I missed all of you. Oh, it's been so it's been so long, hasn't it? I do want to remind you that this is the podcast where we watch and review every last episode of the hit '90s sci-fi series, The X Files. Every episode. Every really? episode. We condense them down and deliver them to you in audio form. Ooh. Why? Why do we do that? Our special effects are even worse. Yes. <laughs> are there special effects in this episode we can talk about? Because there are some coming up that are glorious. I, I don't think there's really any much in the way of special effects on this one, because th- today we're going to be review- reviewing One Breath, uh, the episode that Jillian uh, Anderson slept through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and her big old titties. Oh, what? <laughs> They're so fake looking. They're not. So Those are real postpartum titties. Oh. Before we get into talking about the titties, I should introduce our panel of conspiracy theorists. I am Todd. I'm the uh, guy that tries to wrangle everything together here. You do herd a group of cats through a room full of of uh things. Cat blenders. Cat blenders. Oh. <laughs> oh. Right. Uh, <laughs> that uh. can get very messy. But now I don't us, want to do this anymore. Joining this on, oh. on this panel is uh, the uh, always effervescent love of my life, Shannon. <laughs> Susan and I were going to have a farm. Susan and I were going to have a lot of things. <laughs> and uh, the often paranoid Marissa. Often? You mean always? Well, you always. are. Well, no, no, because sometimes you have to go to sleep. I'm paranoid in my dreams. Oh, that is true. <laughs> well, it's a good thing they are actually up to get you. Yeah. <clears throat> of course, our uh, our co-host and producer, he is the ruler and master of the Medicinal Mass Podcast Network, Valentine. Hey, how's it going? Is, is he also the master of the house? And I don't know the rest of the song, and I, I choose not to sing it. Uh, Lame is isn't that good of a musical anyway. You can't come home ever. Right. We are uh, going through great lengths to bring you the podcast today as I am on the road. Shannon is at home. Uh, I, I touched the science monkey again, so uh-huh. now I'm sick. We've got, uh, and of course, Marissa and Valentine both live in extremely irresponsible locations. Yeah, it's, <laughs> what does that mean? It, it means you live in the middle of fucking nowhere, and we want you to move, damn it. Move <laughs> to us, and we will build a podcasting compound where we will all live and have snacks. Life Raise goals. Him. Hashtag life goals. Yeah. <laughs> it's not cult-like at all, right? We'll talk We've got about a couple of cults later. For that one. I, I'm looking forward to us talking about that episode, but that's a while. Today, we're going to try and review One Breath, uh, which originally aired on November 11th, 1994. It is the eighth episode of the second season of The X-Files. It was written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong and directed by R.W. Goodwin. And it also pisses me the fuck off, but we'll get to that. Um, Not a fan of this episode, sorry. For those of you uh, who have been playing the home game, a little bit of a recap here. Scully has been, is missing and has been missing uh, since the second part of the two-part series, Dwayne Barry and Ascension, presumably taken by the aliens, <laughs> missing with no trace. And Mulder is hot on the case. Well, actually, no, Mulder went to... Mulder was not hot on the case. Don't lie to people. Mulder was... went to fucking Malibu to chase fucking vampires, the episode that pissed me off. <laughs> Yeah, he fucked a vampire. Let's let's not lie to people. He didn't give a shit. He was fucking a vampire. Vampire AIDS. No. Oh, uh, oh that's the worst. Uh, that's AIDS. right. Everyone has vampire AIDS and shit. Anyway. Holly's just off gallivanting around the universe, smoking the greatest uh, alien meth there is. Well, uh, not anymore. Because she comes back in this episode. We're gonna be we're gonna talk about the return of Scully 
and a few other things going on here. Let's get to the recap pretty quickly. I don't think that I have. Uh, we mentioned the frog checks. Any other sponsors we need to talk about? There's toad checks. Uh, it's known to have 50% less human bits than uh, frog checks. No. Oh, yeah. Well, we need to talk also about the uh, Patreon. Oh. Patreon.com slash the FBI basement. Go look. Contribute if you like. Just the privilege of letting you listen to us is enough. But if you want to give more, Patreon.com. Uh, we, we will gladly take your money. And very soon we're going to be providing some more content for Patreon uh, supporters. Isn't that right, Val? Absolutely. Now, to the recap. The uh, show opens uh, with scenes from Scully's childhood, where Margaret Scully is uh, describing a memory in which Scully f- shoots a snake. And feels really bad about it. Oh, God, I hate this. Like, when we all know what she really wants to talk about is the fucking Christmas tree, right? (laughs) We all know that, right? Like, oh, man. Like, those are some really, like, you know what I'm worried about with that? Is that it's not so much that Dana felt sad and, you know, was very, very sad about this. No, 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 no. She's not concerned that her other children, who, by the way, she forgets the name of her youngest son, are just, like, okay with murdering an animal. They're like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> and, like, nobody's upset about this. It's almost like their dad taught them to go out there and just kill those things. Military yeah, families like Bill- there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Bill Scully there was uh, teaching his children to be serial killers. Like, this is Dexter, basically. <laughs> Now this is the opening to Dexter. You say serial killer, I say citizen soldier. Uh, say animal, I say venomous snake. No step on snack, though. Please, no step on snack. Is that? Oh, right, right. He's doing this, and Mulder is like, please don't. Also, nothing about the Christmas tree is there. Uh, Mulder advises her that it's too soon to give up on Scully, but uh, Margaret says that she now knows how her daughter felt that day in the woods. Well, but he gave up on Scully and went to Los Angeles and fucked a vampire. So do was we that, really blame really her? Giving up? Was that really giving up, though? Or just I like don't know. Time? An object is placed on the table near the two, near the two of them, and it is a tombstone with Dana Scully's name on it. Opening credits. Now, uh, after that uh, astounding rendition by the um, uh, FBI basement Tabernacle Choir, we return to Mulder's apartment, where he sits and rereads the file on Dwayne Barry and Scully's kidnapping. Is this also where he's watching porn, too? Yeah, he's wearing out one section of the sex tape of Scully. Like, (laughs) this is the saddest, like, Mulder's life is very sad. Like, that that is what I got well, he's lying. He's later lying in the darkness, watching pornography and looking very sad. Which, um, uh, which you generally do after you get done watching pornography. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's that's the moment where you're like, my life is really, really meaningless. I just fapped to that. Uh, he is shaken from his reverie by a ringing phone, where an unknown voice tells them that Dana Scully is in Northeast Georgetown Medical Center in Washington D.C. Oh, is. This is where we get some of the best acting of the season, too. <laughs> Almost immediately cuts to the hospital where Mulder and Margaret Scully are bursting into the hallway, demanding answers, tearing open the nurse's station and flipping over the intake book just to find <laughs> what the heck happened. Because apparently she's just there. No one knows how she got there. Well, and it's like, this is the thing. This is like the worst fucking hospital ever. Where did she come from? We don't know. What happened? She was just here when I got up. Are you fucking kidding me? I am, you know, no. Hospitals don't work this way. Hospitals have never worked this way. Ah. Uh, Scully is there, though, in a coma, uh, hooked up to all manner of medical ephemera. Yeah, there's a lot of wires there. There's a lot of unnecessary wires attached to Scully. And uh, also, this is the moment where I think we get to sing some uh, some Morrissey, right? Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sing any Morrissey. <laughs> I'm going to sing some Morrissey. Go ahead. Scully in a coma. I know. I know. It's serious. There. Okay. 
Does I would do more. The annoying balloon thing next to her head too. Yeah, what the fuck is that? It's so fucking annoying. Like, like, it just like ruins like, the depth of the scene so much. It's like, you know, like I can understand maybe keeping her eyes down. I understand that when, you know, there's some random eye movement when like the your you like your lids will flip open sometimes when you're in a coma, when you're on the life support, uh when you have no real control cuz that's a sign of brain damage, like that's brain death and et cetera, et cetera. But what the fuck is the balloon? It's just I an average ass balloon too. I'm staring at this thing. It's got the tiny little balloon knot on it. Like they didn't even fucking try. It reminded me of those things you would get from the grocery store. You would blow it up and it'd have a rubber band on it, and then you could bop. Yeah, it like back the balloons. Yeah, like the yeah, the bopper balloons. That's what it is. It's what the fuck? The the I'm watching this right now. The little thing has a fucking ring at the end of it. Yeah, like what the <laughs> fuck is that, right? I cannot take this scene seriously. It's her. It's him next to his sister, next to her sister, and it's just bloop every three seconds. Bloop. Oh, this is like, a scene where where Mulder uh, sees Scully's sister, and he's like fucking Scully's sister, and his head just. He's overwhelmed. He's got these huge boobs. Now Mulder is dragged out of the ward, uh, screaming threats at Doctor Daly. Um, uh, screaming and- acrimony, and he should be lucky that he isn't going to jail. How does he never go to jail? <laughs> um, uh, he seems to be concerned that the doctor is involved with them. Oh, is this where we can have like the reverb when we mention perhaps the deep state? Either the aliens, or either aliens or the deep state. Yeah, it's like amazing, by the way, that Data Scully is still in a coma, despite all the acting. Mulder is looking a little bit more contrite later on with Margaret and Dr. Daly, and they're talking about Scully's condition, which uh, is uh, critical. It's not really great. No awareness of self, does not respond to any external stimuli. She won't even shake her butt when they play the Barry Manilow record she really likes. So is that a, is that a weekend at Bernie's reference? Don't like she is not responding to Uptown Funk. When you do not respond to Uptown Funk, you are brain dead, right? Yeah, it's not going to give it to her. And since there's no recent medical history about her, he's pretty much at a loss as to what the heck is wrong. No, fuck you. He's a doctor. He is a goddamn doctor. He should be able to run tests and toxicology and, uh... No, I'm sure they were waiting on her insurance information to come through to, t- to handle this, but... Uh, She's got that government GHMO. We can't do shit. Yeah. God, like, this episode makes me angry on so many levels. And I'm in a pretty saucy mood tonight, so... Saucy. And uh, then they discuss the big question... Uh, Scully's living will, which Mulder had signed as a witness, and she is apparently being a doctor quite specific at the point where in which they should pull the plug. God. Uh, when was this will written? And why did she have Mulder sign it? Jesus. Why does it say Mulder twice? He's like, oh, hold on here. Let me change that. Data Mulder. Wait, no. Uh, Fox Scully. No, shit. Uh... <laughs> MF God yeah throw a bunch of them are like scratched out <laughs> like there is an entire pile somewhere of Scully's living wills that Mulder tried to forge that he just couldn't remember how to sign her name see I, I could see him just scratching them out and trying to <laughs> get on the same one there was also no trace evidence as to where Scully has been because apparently whoever brought her there had already given her a bath <laughs> <laughs> so I guess she finally got that bath that kept getting inter- in- interrupted, huh? That's why Mulder was pissed. He's like, I was supposed to do that. I somewhere in the back of my brain, for some reason, I'm just envisioning it being like the music video for Mary Jane's Last Dance, and I don't know who is like in the Tom Petty role there. But yes, yeah, ah, uh, oh god, now I can't not see. Thanks, Marissa. <laughs> Thanks. Moving on, uh, ah. back in Scully's uh, back in Scully's uh, hospital room, Mulder comes in to find a woman uh, dangling a crystal over Scully's uh, unconscious form. Yeah, looking like she belongs as an extra from the craft, right? Looking all Shirley, looking all Shirley McLeany here. I think uh, collar too, right? Yeah, and she's yeah. got the choker and everything. Like she is super 
90s goth witch. Super 90s so. goth witch, homeopathic, uh, what have you. She's uh, out there. She's waving crystals around. Apparently, she believes that Scully's soul, soul is uh, present and uh, told her not to call Mulder Fox. And also, she would like me to take down her Christmas tree. And she is saying that Scull- that Dana is deciding whether or not to remain in this world or move on. And this is where Mulder lifts his hand off of Scully because he was using, using her to lean on like a table. Completely forgot she was there as he was hitting. Her. And then <laughs> Melissa is totally like, here, feel up my you know, comatose sister. Like she like literally puts it like on her tit, right? Like was it was it Reiki? It was like a Reiki molestation. Yeah, like it's very much like the talk to her. Like it's like that weird Spanish movie. Uh that I don't know if I made Todd watch. You didn't. Wow, how? Now this is our first meeting of Melissa Scully. We'd heard her referred to once or twice beforehand. Uh she is an interesting character and honestly kinda hot. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's the pretty sister. Um, well, they're both hot, but she's hot and kind of like a like she's I, I, hotter though. Like well, she's I, like, prettier in these early, in the first like couple seasons. They kind of frump up Dana. <laughs> but yeah, it's like they kind of frump up Scully, and it's unfortunate because Jillian Anderson is a very attractive woman. Cut to the um, metaphorical representation of Scully's mind, where Scully is sitting in a rowboat without a paddle, tied to a small pier. <laughs> The rope what? ruins it, I think. It just kind of ruins the effect that she's, like, detached. Like, all she, like, physically have to do is lean forward and pull her. Even if it's a fucking metaphor, is lean forward and pull the rope <laughs> back to the goddamn docks. <laughs> it doesn't seem like she's trapped to me. I think, like, the only thing that is literally missing from this is, like, some death cap for Cutie playing in the background. Like, there needs to be some Soul Meets body going it's on like right there. Ass, it's like a weird-ass 90s music video kind of metaphor thing going on. Yeah, you can it's see. like... Or maybe Vertical Horizon. Like, that should be going on in the background if we're gonna just go with 90s, like, metaphor stuff. Yeah. Like, she's everything. Like, literally. <laughs> like... That needs to be going on, or maybe the freshman by the verb. I don't know. We were only freshmen. freshmen. Yeah. Melissa Mulder and an unknown woman are standing on the pier as she faces and watches with like a 10,000 yard stare. Wondering why she is still on this show. Uh, Mulder says that she isn't here, and Melissa tells him to stop being angry and that as his negative energy is blocking her. <sighs> I feel like Marissa has some opinions on this. I'm not going to voice my opinions on that. It's just something people who are in that trade generally say to people who don't agree with them <laughs> is, oh, you have anger in you and you need to release your anger. And it's like, no, you have, it, it's you just have like negative skepticism energy. based on science. <laughs> much fear, much fear I sense in you. Fear is the I'm path pretty close to, to some of that, and I don't want to. Anger is the path personally. to the dark side. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I will because I don't give a shit. Um, and there, I made my reference. It was a Star Wars <laughs> reference. Everyone, I hope you're happy. I'm happy. Crystals aren't fucking science. Um, anyway. <sighs> Neither are feathers or stones or oils or... And continue. Okay, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> we need to get up to that, some... I was hoping that they were going to have an out-of-body experience for Scully where, like, she'd, like, sneak up on Mulder and see what he's doing. You like, know? ooga booga, Mulder, what are you? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Back at the uh, Casa de Mulder, uh, Mulder (laughs) takes some masking tape to put an X on his window, which I guess is how you, you know, which I guess is the equivalent of the bat signal for black people. (laughs) I I got in so much trouble in high school for doing that because I ruined a window. (laughs) But then, of course. Get some X in this episode. Do we get some more of his Ernie Ladd oh, style we promos? Do. I think we do, yeah. Yeah, we totally. Uh, now, uh, there's an old axiom that says that you can take the biggest slob, put him in a tux, and he'll look like a million bucks. And Frohickey disproves that hard. I don't know about that. I think he looked pretty sharp. Uh, he looked like the groom on a wedding cake had melted. Uh, he was adorable. Do you think that's the suit, though, that he wore when he married his waifu pillow, though? <laughs> uh, 
It, I think it's the suit that I think that it's the suit that his uncle was about to be buried in. Oh, I wouldn't wow. say he was handsome or that it cleaned him up. I just think that it, the whole image was absolutely fucking adorable. I but think. What did should... he plan to do if Mulder wasn't there? If any, nobody was there? Did he? Uh, did he? Um, uh, I'm pretty sure he wasn't on Scully's visitor list. I'm not sure if that's like. <laughs> Uh, uh, I worry wear... that it was going to be like that scene in Kill Bill. So, oh, did, did, he wear his, did he wear his uh, formal fingerless gloves? Did he? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I have to go back and look. Can you have formal fingerless gloves? Because if that's the case, I need to buy a pair. I think you have uh, to make your own. Okay. Well, that's good to know. No, no he did Oh, did he wear his nice ones? He didn't wear any gloves. Oh, wow. Well, uh, he and Mulder do take it, get a chance to look at uh, Scully's chart, and Froki finds spot something weird. And so they immediately steal it. Clearly, that's what you do when you see some weird shit, right? Like, oh, I'm going to take it now. So uh, in complete violation of HIPAA, they remove Scully's medical data. Who no, are apparently fucking doctors who know how to read medical charts. Ah. The uh, lone gunman <laughs> send uh, her medical so-called latest member of the group called the Thinker. Familiar or comfortable with this guy? Ever? Uh, he reports that the protein chains are a byproduct. That shows odd protein, and that these protein chains are a byproduct of branch DNA. Apparently, cutting edge of something about fifty years down the line. <laughs> There's also just literally no way that this is possible. Oh, uh, branch DNA. You guys missed the most. Oh wait, what, what was it? It says you know you can always come over on Saturday. What do they do? Oh, they, uh, oh they're they, going to they point surf out the, the internet scientific... and nitpick. Uh, or... Oh yeah, oh, they're yeah. going to nitpick the scientific um, inaccuracies <laughs> of Earth Two. Earth Two was really yeah. good. Who want to sit around and nitpick an old sci-fi series? I mean, though. really? Uh, yeah, fun, yeah. Uh, losers, I do Fun fact. By the way, is that that was a dig because apparently the people on the writing staff of the X Files were kind of staff of Earth too. They were kind of contemporaries. Fire's moment now. I'm just staring him. Staring him. He's adorable. Fire. Surgeons uh, assume that it may be some kind of idea, or even the product of grafting human to non-human DNA. Uh, it's a, a product of removing someone's. Uh, the reason that your branch DNA breaks down like that is because your liver stops. Is going to live to which the lone gunman exchanged worried glances. Scully's immune system may have been her illness. This is all bullshit. I I am I am angrily bullshit. Pseudoscience, not even it's not even that. No, it's correct. Science. They they can do nothing. They had to do something with DNA. I guess that was a big hot thing. They were just starting to like what make make sheep out of. Uh, yeah, we're getting into that. Yeah, and we're gonna get into that and the whole cloning of crap and that's gonna show up pretty regularly through uh, the X Files over mm. and over and mm. over and. Over and over again. No, this episode answers a, a, a really age-old X Files question as to whether she's a natural redhead. And people like this is in the second fucking season, isn't? As a child, she's portrayed as a redhead. Yes. Like, do I, like so why is it a question? But why do they change it later on that she dyes her hair? Is like, did it stop being red? I have no idea what's going on. I nor do I care. And we'll <laughs> deal with that when we get to it. And you remember that shit? Yeah. What the fuck, guys? Knock it off. <laughs> Well, back inside Scully's mind boat, she's looking at the pier and seeing the, the unidentified woman again. She identifies herself as Nurse Owens, who is speaking to her as she sleeps. This is actually pretty standard, is that you actually talk and converse with comatose patients. To Yeah, it is supposed to be able to uh, reconnect synaptic parts of your brain when you're in a coma. Oh. Or uh, Nurse Owens is a, is a squat little round woman. <laughs> I like to be talked to that way when I'm like on a really good trip, you know. Yeah. When I'm really freaking out, I can look at something. Like, okay. I'm still alive, right? It's okay. Just tell me I don't have to stay in this uh, room. I didn't have a chaperone. I had something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me I don't have to stay in this room. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Mulder arrives and Owen, Owens leaves and without saying anything, and another nurse uh, comes and says she must take some blood. Mulder's like AIDS. I have to put my mouth on this blood right now. Just got done dealing with this shit. Well, she takes a vial of blood and um, uh, Mulder catches eye of a very uh, shady looking individual. Uh, the yes. test tube is placed on the bedside table. 
And uh, and then my grandmother codes, right? Yeah, the male patient yeah. just, just flatlines. Uh, so everybody's rushing over to him. The sneaky guy apparently grabs the vial of blood and, and tries to make off with it. But Mulder is chasing after him. <laughs> like for a good minute here, Mulder's chasing literally nothing with no evidence as to where the guy went, yet finds him anyway. You see, Marissa, um, he, he finds him with his nose. Right. Like we went over he just before. followed his news. <laughs> <laughs> they make it to an underground parking garage where X uh, grabs Mulder in the mid chase to um uh, send him Jackson a... that motherfucker. I think like <laughs> give him a tongue lashing. Seriously. <laughs> Like he might as well, X might as well be Samuel L. Jackson because he might as well just say that I am like, he might as well just deliver the speech from Pulp Fiction at that moment. Like, oh my God, like he is livid with him. No, what no. ain't no country I've ever heard of? Do they speak English and what? When he got yeah, done like, yelling at him, I was expecting him to be like, you're my bottom bitch. Why is Apparently. he always sweating so much? I don't know. Because being the only black guy, he assumes that he's the next one to die. And he is. Oh, <laughs> the first. oh spoilers. Like, X says he comes to Mulder when he <laughs> needs him. And that Mulder is his tool, not the other way around. And then he grabs Mulder by the face and yells at him, what's my name? What's my name, bitch? And Mulder then replies, you're a number one. You're the Duke of New York. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I really want to be watching Escape from New York right now. Mulder is apparently leading them right to the hospital and that Mul and Mulder is not meant to know the truth. Uh, what the fuck is the truth? Mulder's hearing none of this, but breaks loose and runs after the man again. He closes in, but the man opens fire and he escapes the car park. <laughs> Mulder manages to flank the man and demands that the man tell him who wants Scully's blood. The man doesn't say a word and instead manages to flee again. X intercepts him, breaks his arm, and tells Mulder to stay where he is. He then asks Mulder if he wants to see what it takes to find the truth and, and just straight up, cold-blooded, busts a cap in the dude's head. He fucking killed that motherfucker. Yeah, it's like, not pretty. And you're like, again, it's like, he might as well, they might as well have given the role of X to Sam Jackson at that point. Yeah, it's like, there might as well just be that, he's, yeah, the speech from Pulp Fiction that I am, you know, I, I don't know it. Great vengeance uh, and furious anger, you know. Yeah, it, Jesus, like, what the fuck, right? Mulder, Melissa, Dr. Daly, and Margaret are again in a private room where plans are in place to remove Scully from mechanical ventilation. And while some have lived for years after the after removal of service, it's not likely to be the case with Scully. Uh, <laughs> say it. Say it. Just say it. I, you know what? I, I have a real issue here. Like, this is the thing. I don't, I didn't want to get to it until we got to sort of the crit analysis of it all. Been there, done that. Sat in that goddamn room. Listened to doctors explain to me about that shit. And like, this is the thing is like, this is what infuriates me about this episode is it like, it makes me mad that we, I have to go through that again. And I know the outcome is going to be different in this episode of The X-Files. And I did some research before we came in to record this. And nobody in this fucking episode went through the same shit I did. And I'm I'm so mad. I'm mad. I'm mad about Well, it. there wasn't a specific... I don't... I Well, I don't think there was a specific thing cited in the uh, production notes or anything like that. But I feel like it's actually probably not an uncommon thing to do to have a loved one, you know, on... Ventilation. Yeah, I'm. So. Yeah, I'm certain it's not, but it's just it's like it made me mad, and <clears throat> and then like Duchovny's insistence on having an episode for Mulder, like Scully had in Beyond the Sea, kind of also makes me mad too. What would but, you be happy if it was like if it was portrayed more honestly? Because I I would. I feel like it's a bit like it. It's product of its time and just kind of. I, like, it is a little. It, like that's the other emotions. thing. It, it is. And then it's like, I, I feel like that Scully kind 
she gets fridged and we never talk about it. And we never kind of deal with the fact that she kind of gets fridged. Like, she even just gets to the point, like, okay, it happened, whatever. But the thing about this and, and, and what I think that this ep- where this episode shines in, and I'll, and I'll, I'll speak more on this later, is the fact that, that, that you do kind of understand Mulder's frustration throughout the episode at not seeming to be able to do anything about any of this. Yeah, I, I I do. I get it. I understand it. I kind of understand the infinite rage from it all because find me someone who hasn't gone through that and who doesn't sit in infinite rage. But it's sort of like I it does feel a little dishonest and it feels a little melodramatic. And I feel like you understand a lot of rage. I am very angry today for whatever reason. Um, At certain points in this episode, like yeah, I can see the struggle in Mulder. He's doing a good job, but it's still yet again a product of its time and, and like that little bit of a soap <laughs> opera edge to it. Uh, why in her why in i'm watching her uh, metaphorical little dream world here and she's got no fucking expressions in this she's completely locked there too how is she telling anybody anything like she's not (laughs) she's not she is just in a coma kind of just hanging out like okay nothing she was expressing herself with those tiggle bitties Oh my god, those tickle bitties. Are we to the point where we can see those tickle bitties? Because that's like that's like the other reason to watch this episode is oh my god, they are huge. Well, the decision is made to remove Scully from the uh ventilator. And Mulder is invited to come in with the family for the removal, but he solemnly shakes his head no. But Mulder, you can even play with the ball when we're done with it. See? No, thank you. No, I that little little fucking balloon just defeats one last time. And in Scully's mind boat, the rope breaks and Scully floats out to parts unknown. And to her commute, like our first communion dress, like, right? Like she's on the table in her first communion dress. Uh, Later. Uh, Oh, sorry. I thought we were to the communion dress. Uh, In assistant director Skinner's office, the cigarette smoking man sets a pack of Morley cigarettes down. (laughs) Right next to the sign where it says no smoking. But he's still got an ashtray in there. Yeah, places, what the fuck? Like, no. He, pl- no, no, he, no, places, he places a file on the desk oh. saying everything isn't there. Oh. And uh, he advises Skinner that if he's having trouble sitting on, uh, on, on Mulder, that he could take care of it with no trouble. And then Krejcik be like, I told you this. I could kill him for you. And you were like, no. Nah. Mulder enters via a side door and sees the burning stub of an abandoned cigarette. After uh, after CSM leaves, uh, Mulder is once again raving like a lunatic, but Skinner sort of tells him to sit his ass down. That he uh, that he and his mom, uh, he and mom are very disappointed in him. And I know I'm not your real dad, Fox, but I love you just like you were my own. I'm sorry. I, I think I might have been projecting there a little bit. Um, I just kind of had a little bit of epiphany about the, the dynamic between these characters. That like It's more of like a fatherly dynamic. Is it because I just made the joke that Skinner is being his dad no no like when you said that i was when i'm watching the scene as you said that and the way they're the way they're like the way he it is a little very it is very paternal it is very much like i am jesus her boobs sorry yeah those are some big old titties right they padded those things all right we're backing up here okay (laughs) we're getting ahead of ourselves (laughs) sorry sorry that shirt that skinner's wearing is skinner's got some big old it's a size too small because he is fucking swole yeah, like breaking like, buttons on that fucking shirt. They don't yeah, want like, to. It's like they. It's like you wouldn't guess it at first glance, but then you actually. This guy is. But yeah, like, yeah, is like Mitch Pelegi yeah. has like Mitch some serious. Mitch Pelegi has also got some big old titties in that of it. In that he's, got mus- he's got muscles. He's got he works out titties. He's fucking. He's he's swole. This guy works. <laughs> lives, bro. He work out. Hot. I'm. S- I'm sorry, guys. It's been a really long week, and I am really sick. Okay, so Mitch Pelegi's big old titties. Continue. Skinner asks him about the rumors that he was involved in a murder at the hospital, and Mulder turns the tables by denying all knowledge. So Skinner demands to know what the heck is going on. Oh, and by the way, kids, just so we're all aware, Pelegi did, in fact, play football and wrestling. And by the way, he was also someone who actually fought his way tooth and nail out of Iran in 1979. Hot. Okay, so I see. Yeah, wrestling, I know. 
unitard running down a football field holding a football, but it's actually like a was it like a Vietnam's head? But he, you know, like it's inner Ronnie, like it's it, it it's one of like the uh, revolutionary uh, guards. Head. Head. Do you yeah. think he waxes? Ah, uh, yes, I do. He shakes his head like there's hair in his face, but there's no hair. He's just hot. Uh, he is so hot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mulder is demanding the uh, the cigarette smoking man's identity now, wanting to know to know where they work. And then... oh, is this where we're at the point where it's that black lung son of a bitch? And it's like you knew about this. You knew about the cancer, and I I had to leave the room at that point. I'm like I'm done with this episode. I'm sorry, honey. You and the dog can do the rest of it. <laughs> Skinner reminds him that they work for the Department of Justice, just like Bob Mueller, who was going to bring justice to the corrupt and graft filled administration that is currently poisoning. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to keep going. And also, I thought I had the range for the Battle Hymn of the Republic. We were both wrong. I could almost imagine a flag waving behind you, dear. And Mulder says justice is exactly what he's after. Skinner says that Scully was a fine agent, and more than that, he liked and respected her. Really? Because I feel like you only had like three or four interactions with her, two of which were you bitching at her for lying for, you know, the dumbass in your office. I am really angry tonight, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. I am super mad at this episode. (laughs) Now we can talk about Scully's big old titties. Are we going to talk about those tiggle bitties? Yes. Yes, talk about the tits. They are some tickle bitties, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. At the very least, she's wearing a lifting bra. All of her postpartum glory. No. See, this is the thing. Those are all American, full-fisted breasts, all right? Don't you dare ruin the illusion. So this is the first thing they shot when she came back to work after having the baby, after having Piper. The very first thing. They jiggle the big old slappers around and get on that table. We're going to take a And you know she's not wearing a bra because you can see those nipples. You can? You can see the nipples. I wasn't looking that close. Must have been cold in there. (laughs) I can't. As a large-breasted woman, I can't help it. I always look for the nipple. I always do. always see the nipple if you look hard enough. Yeah, that's the thing whole breast kind of person <laughs> i imagine the nipples i, I, ima- I imagine the scully's nipples uh, they're they're postpartum like that's the thing in fact that's literally a comment from like the director of this episode was like we didn't realize how pregnant she looked how postpartum she looked until we were doing post-production we were like yep she's got a, a figure that just gave birth and like, just say it, guys. She's got, you know, she's got beady, she's got beady titties. She's going Mulder's to breastfeed. So this is why Mulder's so mad. Okay, oh, uh, big. No, she's I... unconscious, and they're they're just so big. Now, uh, up walks uh, <laughs> Captain Bill Scully <laughs> to complain about the Christmas tree yet again. Wait, no. Uh, remember that deal that. Uh, that, that uh, the killer in Beyond the Sea was trying to get so that Scully could get the last message from her dad. Well, good thing she didn't take that deal because uh, he's delivering a last message right now. Oh, God. Right, right. Like, wait. Didn't he call her Starbuck? Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's the nickname. Uh, you will find out later that Scully and her father had an obsession with Moby Dick, which is what prompted me to read Star Galactica. That would have been way cool. Now. Like the original. That would have been way cooler. Because you see, here's the thing. Uh, Because of these continual Starbuck references, these continual Moby Dick references, uh, caused me to read Moby Dick in eighth grade. And I am still mad to this day uh, about reading that book because of the show. Is it worth it? No, not at all. Yeah. I, it's I it's so. the worst fucking book I've ever read. So I shouldn't feel bad for never like reading. Yeah, it don't. Like. Yeah, I'm sorry, America. If you have never read Moby Dick, don't feel bad. Uh, read a better book, and uh, I will tell you where to find those. It's like one of those I joke think- books where like you pretend like it's like the coolest thing in the world to read, and then you get everyone to read, and then they read, it and they're like, "Oh, that sucked." It's like just like the Bible. <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, but if you want a good book, go to sehuffreads.com. Anyway, this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and for, uh, now he he waxes intellectually, he waxes poetically about uh, the shortness of life and the in children and children growing up fast. 
Lipton says that it's not yet Scully's time to be reunited with him. As he disappears, Nurse Owens returns. <laughs> and then she uh, delivers a pop-up powerbomb to Scully. And um, No, no. No. <laughs> what? Wrong Owens. Sorry. Owens says that despite death being close to Dana t- tonight, it, her time has not yet come. <laughs> and then somewhere in the background, Landside by Fleetwood Mac starts playing and it gets really super touching and sad. And- uh, Mulder and Melissa are speaking in the hospital cafeteria about how about uh, Mulder's general angst and anger. Ooh, and how awesome. fucking depressing is that place, by the way? Oh, my God. And uh, she tells him that whoever did uh, put Scully into the hospital has an equal horror coming to them. A couple of seasons of SG-1, anybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. A woman then approaches and asks Mulder if he has change for the cigarette machine. Remember when you could find a cigarette machine anywhere? I do actually. In like a fucking hospital, yes. Before I was even able to buy cigarettes. But Mulder doesn't have any change. Uh, As uh, Melissa is about to further question Mulder regarding what she thinks about Dana, the woman points out that there's a pack of Morley cigarettes already uh, already sitting in the machine, but not her brand. And a room number. But it wasn't her brand. Okay, I have a question. Who has ever given up a free pack of cigarettes because it wasn't their brand? Who has done this? When they cost like Ooh. a quarter. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, yeah, obviously not cheapos, but I'm saying like, oh, it's Morley Reds. This isn't my brand. I'm not going to smoke them. Do you want them? Who the fuck does this? Especially it's like a free pack. Yeah, like this is a free pack of cigarettes that you didn't have to pay for. And it's not a cheapo brand. Smoke the goddamn cigarettes. Don't, don't bitch. Just suffer through it. If you smoke cigarettes that many that you have a specific brand and you're buying them from a cigarette machine, just smoke the fucking cigarette pack. You'll be done in like a day. Yeah, and then you can buy day. your brand. Well, she doesn't. She doesn't, by the way. But Mulder realizes what's going on and inspects the cigarettes and finds a slip of paper with an address inside. And then we go to the saddest apartment I've ever seen in the X-Files. Yeah, cigarette smoking man. Cigarette smoking man is watching an old war movie. I, I couldn't figure out what it was. I thought it was something with John Wayne, maybe? I don't... Well, it's sort of like the first time we've ever seen the cigarette smoking man doing something that wasn't, you know, related to his job. Smoking. So. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> He drinks Budweiser and chills out watching. Uh, he Netflixes and chills before it was this Netflix and chill. Yeah, I think that's what he do. Mulder bursts into the apartment and holds him at gunpoint, <laughs> demanding an answer to Scully's abduction. The CSM lights up another cigarette and is totally just like cool. Like, oh, look at you waving Aren't a gun you around. Adorable. You are adorable, buddy. <laughs> According to the to the cancer man, he likes Mulder and he likes Scully too, which is why she was returned to him. Mm. Of course, he calls Mulder on his bluff that he can't kill the CSM because if he does, he'll never learn the truth. Ah, uh, and and that, that because- truth is that I'm really yeah, I'm really your father, and I fucked your mom anyway. Or maybe the truth is I fucked your mom. I don't know. <laughs> And because of that predicament that the cigarette smoking man will always win this game of cat and mouse. Is it cat and mouse or is it cat and also cat? Cat and or fox. Or is it or is it cat and fox? Yes. And yes. then a rat shows up a couple of times. I don't know. Play the game of thrones. You live die. Just as the CSM predicts, Mulder pussies out. Because he's a bitch. Mulder's a bitch. He has bitch things. Bitch. Speaking of yeah, he does bitch things, and especially and and follows it up with another bitch thing by resigning from the FBI, which uh, which Skinner refuses to accept. And he's like, "But Dad," and Skinner's like, "No, you can't quit the football team." But Dad, yeah, I... you're gonna <laughs> get a job. But man, no, just because high school is hard, son, doesn't mean you get to leave. But yeah, you're not my real dad, Walter. No, but I love you just the same. We've talked about this, Fox. Apparently, he re- realizes that the resignation is is not about protest, more about uh, defeat and self-punishment, basically. And Mulder realized it was Skinner that handed him the location of the cigarette smoking man, which basically put his ass on the line. Yeah, he'll reap the rewards of that, that betrayal later, but not today. Uh, walking down a flight of steps is approached by X again. Who gives Mulder a plane ticket and says he doesn't know why Scully was taken, but can give Mulder the man who took her. He reveals the, con- the conspirators' belief. 
believes Mulder will be out of town, that he has information in his apartment, and that they will break in to ransack the place at 8.17 p.m. That's very specific. And if Almost and that, as if he set it up himself, yes. But that's where Mulder will be waiting, armed and ready to defend himself with terminal intensity. Which is like going to be the name of like my speed metal band, Terminal Intensity. <laughs> So X is basically handling handing Mulder some some uh, revenge, but not realizing that it is best served cold, as the Klingon proverb says. Uh, he is sitting in the darkness, waiting to just shoot a guy. <laughs> he definitely doesn't have a Glock. What's up with this? They can't get that right. Yeah, no, they'll change it two or three times. Why? Um, so simple. Just- but a knock comes to the door, and it is Melissa. Mulder. Uh, does not shoot her. Yeah, he like almost killed her. So, yeah, he looks at her again. Like, he's like, I guess I won't. Puts his gun away. Like, does the, this is also one of like the best Mulder lines ever? Why yes, are you yes. sitting in the dark? Because the lights are off. Like, <laughs> thank you, Mulder Spectrum. I present to you Exhibit A. <laughs> like, no, and it's like you and I, like Marissa, you and I have talked about this. It's like to make fun of people with autism we certainly are not Mm. you and i have family members we have friends who are very much uh on the spectrum but this is like a spectrum answer right why are you sitting in the darkness because the lights are off yeah (laughs) like no shit really like it's like like this is clearly autism before we knew what autism really looked like i Uh, really think he's a high fun hunk funk high funk he's a funk well yeah it's like i'm not gonna lie that's probably an answer I'd have given someone. Before we really knew what autism looked like, this is sort of weird, aloof kookiness, but no, this is like high-functioning autism at its best. I, I got a fun fact for you. You got a diagnosis at 70. Ooh. Anthony Hopkins. Huh. Anthony fucking Hopkins. Autistic. And he's so good at what he does because he spent his whole life autisms. Uh, but uh, the bad news weakening and uh, she might not make it through the night so Mulder is faced with a choice or being with his partner and friend in her final and what could be her final moments and what choice does he make because I would have gone on terms of him but I (laughs) Mulder goes to Scully's bedside grips her hand (laughs) and cries like a bitch again he looks so sad pussy pussy <laughs> the next morning, he re- he returns to his home to find that it has indeed been ransacked. This was like the fourth or fifth time in the season, the series. And the, yeah, it is, and uh, it's like also Crycheck peed on things. Like I want to believe Crycheck did that. Like ransacked his <laughs> he nailed all the furniture to the ceiling. When is he going to learn to just in your- live ah! with the fucking mess and, not, and quit cleaning it back up? <laughs> I peed in your fish tank, Mulder. Left a bunch of ducks in the tub. <laughs> Hashtag shit I used to do in RP. Yeah. <laughs> Order a pizza. Mmm. <laughs> I ate that pizza though. That was good pizza. Uh rearranged the fresco. Yeah, like I yeah, yeah, that's true. I did do those things to you in character. <laughs> of course. Of course, Mulder sinks down to his knees and cries. And then he screams con very loudly. Scully in her hospital gown is lying in the bed, and her surroundings are at first. Uh, some kind of a sylvan grove, but the scene fades back to the hospital ward. Nurse, pa- nurse passes by the bed, stops to look, and uh, calls for Dr. Daly immediately. Guess who's woken up? <laughs> so she didn't die. Huh. Okay. Well, I guess I... <laughs> Mulder is sitting on the despair, sitting in, on his despair couch. <laughs> Which ignoring- is like, like, that's like his regular couch, too, and his porn couch. I mean, like, Mulder does a lot of things. Yeah, Mulder does a lot of things on that couch, guys. A lot I don't of... Think he, does he own a bed? Uh, you know what? Actually own a bed. The It's really fucking weird after a while. In the recovery ward, Scully enters and Scully says she remembers nothing. She's kidnapping. She's fun to get that out there in questions. Coma, too, because now yeah. he's no longer in a coma. Haircut from my coma, I know, I know, it's... Mulder tells Scully to get some rest and says that uh, she is she had she had the strength of her of his beliefs. No, she no no he didn't. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. She survived because none whatsoever. <laughs> Creepy McGillicuddy nurse did it, not you. Stop taking credit for shit you didn't do. Does he really give her a VHS of a Super Bowl? Yes. Why? Yes. Because uh, there's some apparently some weird joke that we don't get to see. Uh, that Scully is a big fan of the Redskins, which means she has no fun. Um, is that just their secret word? I'm sorry. 
the Redskins are terrible. I don't care. He also gives back her uh, crucifix necklace that he's been playing with for the past few episodes. Fat, 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 yeah, he holds it around his hand when he's fabbing. What? Why does this no. smell like? Why, why does this, Mulder? It smells weird. Why? Why does it smell? Oh, I guess I should say thank you. I want to wash that smeggle off. Scully asks, asks the nurse to see Nurse Owens, who uh, she wants to thank for looking after her. <laughs> but the nurse says that uh, she's worked there for 10 years and there has never been a Nurse Owens at the hospital. In 10 and years. We're never, in 10 years. And we're not going to explain anything there. Sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Last name ever. <laughs> Scully's spirit animal is a uh, old, uh, old white lady. <laughs> <laughs> She takes a moment to ponder this. She takes a moment to ponder. She takes a moment to ponder this as she looks up into the ceiling, and the scene fades. Episode over. So uh, goodbye, tickle biddies. I'll miss you. Uh, Ooh, by the end of the babe, episode, do you have any? Do you have any more? Do you, do you have anything else to uh, say about this episode? Uh, like I, I don't like it. I understand the need for it. I, I'm sure there are people at this sort of weird kind of crossroads of i haven't watched some of these episodes since my mother died and uh maybe i am willing to admit that maybe some of the moments uh for me and maybe that this is kind of my problem with it and so you um react with rage and it kind of makes me angry because i'm i'm very i'm still very angry uh my mother has been dead for about four or five years and I'm really pissed off about it. And uh, maybe that's my problem is that I, I'm still very mad at that situation. And I feel like maybe uh, it, this episode is a convenient punching bag or it's just a really bad episode. I don't know which. It's certainly not as bad as Space or 3. And uh, we're going to see some really bad episodes uh, later on, like not too distant future on that. I think um, there are, but I'm going to talk about a couple of things I liked in this episode. One, they did seem to get when 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 it wasn't being about it. It was a episode in terms of dealing with the kind of helplessness you get when you have a loved one in that position. I think that the Skinner character be it sort of character is coming around on his arc here. Oh no, the, no, you know, the whole th- no, no, no. It's like I I kind of happen, and I think that's one of the uh, when we get later into the season uh, when we get to the end. Uh, there's some thematic elements in one breath that will certainly come back up when we get to uh, Anna Sazi. Uh, we and, talked a little yeah. over uh, the talk that Skinner had about his time in Vietnam. Oh, we didn't talk about yeah his time in Nam. Oh God, where they, they sent the um, uh, where the Viet Cong sent a kid into the camp wired to explode, and. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that completely. I got, I got um, a spoiler for that specific detail right there. Watch the newest season, Kitten. The episode's called Kitten. That's a very good episode. Very. It, episode. And I say that because the people I heard complain about it was like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then Some I'm like, well. On their own are very good. And that one was stood out for me. I think that this is the, this is the time where Skinner becomes more of an ally to Mulder and Scully and, and, and less willing to just stooge for the uh, cigarette smoking man. And like I said, he will, of course, reap the rewards of that repeatedly in the face in a couple of episodes. But I am getting ahead of myself and I don't want to. But I do because that that those are episodes that make me very happy because I, I have a lot of jokes associated with those. And Marissa then tried to kill me. Uh, so what do you think of this episode? Um, I, I have generally the same kind of like duality about it. Like it's a very memorable episode for me. I've seen it a lot. Having things happen since the first times I've seen it that are similar to it. I, it allows me to see it like, all right, guys, this is kind of just the, the it, basic version of how it would really go. But for me, it, I, I like it, it does lack because it, of how memorable yeah. it was, I guess. It's like, it feels like it lacks the sincerity of having to go through that. Like, this is sort of like, oh, we're going to hit some points and you're going to feel things. And But it lacks the sincerity of having gone through that. just short of being that. a MacGuffin. Just short. Yeah, just short. And uh, Valentine, your thoughts? <laughs> I really like this one. They fucking killed a dude, like, point blank. Oh, like, yeah, no, that seems great. And then Walter <laughs> just pretended like that was the first time he was trying to steal Scully's blood, and he, that's why he was really chasing after him. He's like, I was gonna steal that and add it to my collection. He's got, like, a weird Scully shrine somewhere, and, like, 
in in his ba- in his you know bedroom full of porn. Uh, that's just what I understand. That's <laughs> I need the blood now. So okay, uh, we're gonna give our ratings right after we do through our annual uh, dissemination of information. I guess it's not annual. Weekly, weekly. We've got some information. To <laughs> I was gonna up. say I only have to plug my website like uh, once a year. Awesome. Oh, I just <laughs> well go I ahead just... and go ahead and plug your website, dear. <laughs> uh, I have a website. The end. Uh, no, uh, you can go by schuffwrites.com and uh, buy my books because I would love you and you'll love them too because they're aliens and not well-known aliens. Uh, you know, urban fantasy and weird shit and uh, other things will be coming soon yeah. with aliens and quite frankly, quite possibly some dancing and you know, who knows? Uh, we have to have some dancing. Okay. Uh... Uh, I feel like there will be some Bollywood dancing. Now, uh, this is a show that is supported, uh, that is brought to you every week, commercial-free, except for the fake ones that we come up with. Uh, I thought we were going to agree that they were not fake. They are 100% real. You douchebag. Like I said, go to uh, www.patreon.com slash the FBI basement to become a patron of this show if you desire to. Mucho content awaiting patrons here, folks, because uh, we've got the season one wrap-up episode which is exclusive to patreon supporters yeah we have that one was that one was tough we're working on that one still (laughs) all right and uh coming soon i think that we're going to be doing our first tv party (gasps) tv party fun house oh oh honey you you don't know the show that we are the thing we're referencing no I don't. And that makes me very sad i will send you that link later where we're, we're going to find it we're going to find an episode of some tv shows and we're going to watch it and we're going to send it to you not the x-files just a random tv show because you don't get enough of us watching us talk about tv shows right well and i would think that if you subscribe to our patreon you can choose the show for us and maybe open our minds to something we've never seen before or we have seen or i i don't know I don't know what I'm watching right now. Torment us. Oh. Uh, now, uh, also, you get access to our Discord chat, which gives you a chance to uh, connect with other basement dwellers. And I guess if you wanted to connect with people, you wouldn't be living in the basement now, would you? <laughs> well, you could also hear my fascinating stories of work and the number of times we cough during an episode or... <laughs> Um, random uh, clicks of uh, lighters as they are lighting totally legal smoking implements. Legitimate legitimate substances here. It's not crack, but it's not not crack, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of not not crack, the Medicinal Mass Network is the home of several fine podcasts. Valentin? Yeah, unlike uh, schuffwrites.com, you will actually find aliens over at medicinalmass.com. So go over there and check that fucking shit out. Uh, that is true. I'm sorry, guys. You haven't written the aliens yet. I haven't. I'm working on that. <laughs> uh, I'm working on two of those, actually. Uh, I just I I've had a bad week at work and didn't have time to do it. Marissa, have you drawn aliens? I have drawn aliens many times. You drew the alien that's thing. our mascot now. <laughs> um, we should I'm, name I'm that guy too. Uh, I'll draw. She will draw now. aliens. Yeah. Uh, Facebook.com O D D E L I G H T art. God, I hope I got that right. You can find me on most things under Odd Eight Delight. But and also we will have that shit uh, in the links for this episode. Except for this one, I'm specifically taking out of this one, so you better listen to that very no. precisely. No. Oh fuck you. <laughs> she'll draw. She'll draw all sorts of stuff for you. She'll draw safe for work stuff. She'll draw not safe for work stuff. She will draw unforgivable porn for you. So. <laughs> Yes, I will. So, Todd, what do you do that's not podcasting, huh? 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 Mostly, I just play World of Warcraft and stare into the void. Does the void stare back into you? Only in Soviet Russia. Five ratings. I'm going to give this episode um, uh, four flatlining grandpas. Because, you know, they literally killed a guy to try and steal some of Dana's blood. (laughs) They killed two people. Well, yeah. I mean, two people died just to get the blood. Must be tasty. <laughs> All right. Shannon? What? What, what do you want? From, oh, um, yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and give this uh, two and a half swollen areolas. <laughs> Ooh. Woof. Yeah. Are you saying she has like a, a like a half of a third nipple there? Oh. It, Todd, areolas are the area around your your nipples. Yeah. You said two and a half. Oh, yeah. Then, no. Uh, one of them may belong to Mulder. <laughs> Ah, 
Like, he put it in his wallet. wallet. Hey, I give this uh, three out of four free packs of cigarettes that you don't want. And Valentine, I'll give this one. <laughs> yeah, probably two and a half uh, vials of really delicious AIDS blood. <laughs> Fine. Well, folks. <laughs> Uh, that's just about it for this week's episode, but uh, we come to you every Thursday, and you should tune in next Thursday. Why should they tune in next Thursday, Shannon? Oh, uh, join us next time when we ask Mulder and Scully to come firewalk with me. <laughs> in which we do something that we've done for like the third time. If you've seen Ice, and if you've seen Darkness Falls, then you kind of know where we're going with this Silicon-based one. Silicon-based entity. Does it happen? Not real. Ah! They did that in Star Trek. Yes, they did. Well, that will be so much fun, I'm sure. And uh, for our panel of conspiracy theorists, Shannon, Valentin, Marissa, and Vanya. And Vanya is still alive, right? <laughs> like, you've not... <laughs> You've Isn't not gotten like the three months dungeon thing. Uh, yeah, she's still around. Like, like if you if you listen hard enough, you can hear her pounding in the other room. But it's padded, so it's kind of hard to hear. Oh god! Right on. Uh, well, for all of the uh, conspiracy theorists, I am Todd. Wishing you all a great evening, and to let and letting you know the truth is out there. Good night. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. You douchebag.